You're doing great. I'm proud of you, Sam. You got this. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pot on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pot on You Loons, this is Sam. Pot on You Loons, this is James. How are we, gents? We got a signing to talk about. We got a signing. Justin and I saw each other in person for the first time in a year. That was great. Yeah. We live like two miles away from each other and uh, just keep doing this podcast over Squadcast. (laughs) Lovely Squadcast. Shout out Squadcast. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel like we went a whole year without seeing each other because we were doing this podcast and we are, you know, we got our WhatsApp and all that. But yeah, thank you, Nate. Nate uh, suggested we met up. We met up for happy hour at LaDonia Cerveceria. It was good stuff. Great place. Great place. I'm enjoying a little LaDonia right now. I say we go back for tacos or quesadillas, whatever they had for their food in the future, Sam. It really did smell good. I had Mexican tonight for dinner. Ooh, nice. We're on the same theme. Can you believe it's been two years since I saw you, Sam? Well, yeah, but I've known you for eight, nine years, and I've only seen you in person once. So, like, two years, that's not even a long time. (laughs) That's not even a long time for us. What what Sam's trying to say is he doesn't miss you, James. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's what I was trying (laughs) to say. I mean, I I did take the chance to reminisce the other day and go back to the very first fantasy league, fantasy year that we played when I beat him in the final. It was uh, it was a nice it was a nice reminisce. You yeah. let you let this guy beat you in fantasy football, Sam. This foreigner. I, yeah, it happened. <laughs> I'm trying to think who my big guys were back then. I know I had Demarius Thomas because I got picked on for drafting him, and then he did really well. That was kind of his breakout year. I think I had Ray Rice before he Oof. fell off a cliff and started causing some controversy. I, I don't know where he's at in his life right now. I don't want to speculate. I mean, <laughs> I, I just let Frank Gore and my Sean Lynch take me to victory that year. That was all running backs. So speaking of fantasy football, though, James, you committed poddultry since our last recording. You were on the My Franchise podcast talking about the Colts. Yep. And... It was a great episode. I suggest you check it out. But damn, James, you're better at talking soccer than football. (laughs) Yep. That's, yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot more football in my life than NFL, so. Yeah, it it was just funny. Like, there were, I was listening to it in my car. And, of course, it's you and Jeremy, like two people I've known for a very long time and talked to a lot. And you're talking about the Super Bowl uh, between the Bears and the Colts, <laughs> where Manning finally got his ring. And, of course, you weren't a fan yet. And I don't know if Jeremy didn't realize that or what, but he keeps asking you questions about it. And I'm, like, shouting out the answers in my car. And, like, you were getting them wrong, James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. He has way more knowledge than I do. But, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that's how it was. It's a long time ago. Don't remind me. Still more recent than the Vikings, but Sam, Sam, I thought I thought you were gonna say something like he was calling like he was calling him like Ty Hilton or <laughs> not that bad. No, actually, I think James was. Re- I specifically remember James being really cool and just referring to him as Ty. Okay, 
He was just on James, initials basis. Did you miss out on the the Pat or the Pat McAfee years then? Did you never get to experience that fantastic punter? No, I I was in the Pat McAfee years. Like, I love him. The golf swing. Yeah. Have you listened strut. to his podcast at all? Yeah, I uh, I do watch the podcast. Uh, he is so I don't know how much he has so much energy. Like he has the most energy of any yeah. human I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I heard about it. Like my boss watches it a lot, and then probably in the last few months, I also started to watch it. And I was like, man, I've been missing out. Like this is great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, invite him on this podcast. <laughs> He's a big Gopher fan, Sam. I don't know. He's a big PJ Fleck guy, so I don't know if you'll you'll like him so much. Hmm. You know what? <laughs> You come on. We'll let him row the boat. I'm not going to row the boat, but he can. That's fine. Let's get into some Loons news, though. Okay. We've talked about LaDonia Cerveceria. We've talked about James committing poddultry and not knowing enough about Peyton Manning. We have talked about Pat McAfee. We've talked about me losing to James in a fantasy football championship. Lots of good stuff, but let's talk about Nico Hansen, guys. Yeah. I mean, the newest loon. We know he ruined our night in the 83rd minute last October, but what else can you tell me about him? He's 26. He's from Denmark. Uh, he has a market value of about 550K, so about the same as Jacory Hayes and... Uh, an old Yuka from Hold Finland. On. James, you're telling me some really boring stuff here. <laughs> what what the hell does that all mean? Or Justin, you don't, you, like, hit- you don't like my notes, Sam? <laughs> Come on, Sam. The people want to know about this stuff. No, I want the next one. What is coming up next? That's what the people want to know. <laughs> I was I was leading Justin right into it. No, James, you tell us about it. Justin, you're the FIFA guy. What is his I FIFA know. rating? So I, I like this. It's it's nice to add this little flavor to it. So he is not very good on FIFA. Uh, I looked it up, and he is a 65 overall, uh, which is not good. That makes him very much a backup guy. Though, in his defense, it's about probably the same rating as our boy Hassani Dotson. So kind of probably shows that, that FIFA maybe doesn't have it all figured out. But yes, not very good on FIFA. I'm, I'm also concerned, guys. I, I looked at some stats, and since... 2017, the man has played 70 MLS games and has scored six goals. Yeah, but I think he always comes on in relief. He's not starting too often. Right. Because as a striker, that's not a good return. He's not a striker. He's a winger. It's, okay, well, on Wikipedia, it definitely says he's a forward. And a oh, winger. okay. Okay, so we're the <laughs> podcast of... FIFA, <laughs> we're the podcast of FIFA ratings, and we're the podcast of what James finds out on Wikipedia. <laughs> yep. Well, according to according to FIFA, the only thing he's good at is that he's kind of fast, but he's not that fast. He's he's got like 80, 80 speed, which is fine. I mean, he, he wouldn't make my team. He wouldn't make my team on FIFA. You don't like them quick. You don't like the quick wingers. I need I need ninety my, ninety minimum speed for my wingers so messy right That's yeah <laughs> again we need to get messy to the loons confirmed well 
I don't think he's coming in to start. We we could see him. Now, he's a right winger, though. So we have Robin Lud and Ethan Finlay both ahead of him on the depth chart. But Adrian Heath specifically referred to, yes, his pace, as Justin alluded to, but also his versatility. And Adrian Heath even said that he has had his eye on him since uh, Hansen was a college player at New Mexico State. So I don't personally know much about his versatility. I tried to look into that. It seemed like he more or less always plays on the right wing. But clearly, Adrian Adrian has access to a lot more information on Nico Hansen than we do and has seen him up close and personal much more than we have. We knew we had to bring in depth, guys. We've let people like Raheem Edwards go. We've let people like Marlon Hairston go. We've known more depth guys were coming in. It's just hoping that these depth pieces that are coming in are of a higher higher caliber than the ones we've said goodbye to. So I'm excited to see what he's got. Yeah, it definitely, definitely feels like he's probably the replacement for those guys like Marlon and and Raheem. Like that's the kind of the role he's going to fit as, fit in as, is, is more of like a, a reserve guy that comes on as a sub. Hopefully we don't have to start him, right? Hopefully, you know, we obviously have, you know, Finlay and our boy Robin Ludd. We'd like to see them play on the right side ahead of this guy. Uh, but maybe it'll be nice to have a guy with some speed, with some fresh legs at the end of the game that can come in and, and maybe be a spark plug like I wanted Raheem to be. Sweet, sweet Raheem. <laughs> Lost to us. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, I think it's always important to have that person on the bench that can just, you know, break down a tiring defense and kind of cut through it and, yeah, hopefully set up some assists if he's not scoring any goals. But it is a depth signing. And we still need our starting striker and our starting left winger. We do not know who that will be yet. We know roughly who the candidates would be to start. Should we not address those positions prior to the season opener? Foster but, Langsdorf. <laughs> I think you know, Aguidello would probably have something to say about that, but who knows? Sure. Now, Minnesota United's interest in French striker Adrian Hunu is well-documented. We've talked about it on this show. But it's also becoming pretty clear that Hunu would be a summer signing if he comes. And that's where the Boca Juniors Twitter world is again exploding. (laughs) Here we go again. Got to follow Boca English again, Sam? I I mean, Callum Williams is following (laughs) Boca Juniors and... He's following the Boca in English podcast and even talking about it on his show. So maybe it's more reputable than we originally gave it credit, but shout out Boca in English. Thank you for the work that you do uh, translating stuff, you know, for us. I appreciate it. We, we appreciate your, your tweet game. <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope law school is going well for you, right? Isn't that what he is? Is he like a law student or something? I remember you saying that once, but I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. I don't know. <laughs> Boca in English doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so. <laughs> oh, I'm out. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. Help you there. <laughs> no, but but seriously, even the MLS.com posted about this. Yeah. Yep. MLS.com eventually picked it up. And one of our local, I, I forget if it was the Pioneer Press or Star Tribune, one of our locals also picked it up. But 31-year-old striker 
Ramon Abila, who apparently is good friends with Emmanuel Reynoso. So positive. Rumored that Minnesota United is interested in him. It's also rumored that Minnesota United may or may not have lowballed Boca to try to acquire him Oof. and may or may not have insulted the Boca board in <laughs> that quest to acquire him. I don't know, right? It's it's all a bunch of rumors. Again, guys, the Boca Twitter world was in a hizzy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also saw that rumor about the low ball and uh, how they were extremely offended. Because uh, what was it? It was a loan with no cause to buy, no clause to buy, and no wage offering either. <laughs> so, I think that's what I saw. But uh, yeah, they've come back with a second more serious offer. But uh, market value is pretty strong. 4.6 mil. Renoso's 11 mil. Uh, and uh, Grey Goosh and, and Lod are at 3.3. Uh, uh, worth noting, Hanu is uh, 6.6 mil. So we're starting to look at some more expensive players, which I think is good. It's a big step in the right direction. This is definitely, definitely probably a DP, right? Like that's that he has to be a DP candidate. Yeah. If, if we're going after this guy, unless it was like uh, a loan situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, I looked at, I looked into his stuff and I guess the big problem that kind of concerns me is he's only played 46 games since joining Boca three years ago. Um, he hasn't played in months and has been out and out injured for a while. Kind of, kind of the reason why he's available, I guess, to begin with is that, He's not healthy enough to play for Boca. Can concern it concerns me a little bit, right? Because we want a guy that can come into play. So hopefully, maybe he's on the mend. But yeah, he's I, I as as we've looked into before, the FIFA numbers for him are pretty solid. So he's a seventy-five, which is much better uh, than Nico. Sorry, Nico. Seventy-five—that's uh, like ten more than Nico. Yeah, so he would be a legit MLS player according to FIFA. Also, the good thing is he may have only played 46 times, but the man scored 22 goals. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's scoring every other game. Yeah, that's ridiculously solid. So here's the question I have for you guys is, assume all this is legit. Minnesota United is going for him. Minnesota United is serious about acquiring him. Does that mean who knew is not happening or... Do you envision a situation where we actually get both of these guys on our roster at the same time? I guess my only reservation with that would be that that uh, Abila is 31 years old, and I don't know if he wants to be in a timeshare at this point in his career. Um, either of those guys, for that matter, right? So, like, both of them, I don't know. I mean, would you say that Boca Boca's league is at MLS level or higher? Is it probably higher than MLS? So I would think so. So to to for him this this is a downward move and same for Hanu. I mean, like we love MLS, but like both of them are going down a level to come to the MLS if it does happen, right? And I can't imagine even with you know Hanu being more of a reserve player himself or a sub, whatever. I think I don't think that either of them would come here with the expectation of being someone that would share share a spot. I think that either of them signing here is is our forward DP position. Uh, whether whether uh, Ramon actually signs as the DP or if it's a loan to buy and eventually he becomes a DP, I, I think that this these are uh, this is our two options for our striker position. 
because uh, because we wouldn't want to we wouldn't want to dedicate two DP spots to striker, right? We want to we want to get a winger still. But but what if we change our formation so we have two up front? That's not that's not us. Adrian's that's not Adrian's style though. He wants a, a single striker up top. Like that's that's kind of what he's going for. But do you think one of these guys could play like the the false striker behind and then have like Reynoso on the left and Lot on the right? I think he likes having Reynoso be the playmaker in the middle, though. Like I don't know if you'd want to. You I don't know if you'd want to limit that guy to just. I mean, obviously he can go back and forth, right? But like, I think Reynoso is the number ten. So we just need a guy on top, like ahead of him that can that can put the ball in the back of the net for us. Well, maybe it's like you loan out Ramon and see how he goes in the first four, three, four months or so. And then if he's any good, then keep him and don't chase Hanu. Or are we all in on Hanu? That's that's the question, I guess. I bet, I I bet it's like whichever one they can get first. I think that that's what this is. It's like, like, let's make a deal with somebody, right? It's, it's, Whoever we can get first. So if if Abil is healthy now and can play now, I'm sure they want him, right? Whereas Hanu, we we have to wait. Obviously, like they've changed the transfer window stuff, but like he's not going to be in the team's plans, you know. If 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 it's him until the summer, right? So Foster Langsdorf might get some get some starts if we go the Hanu route. <laughs> Kane, which we we do have Aguidero, right? <laughs> But like obviously, like think about our team though. I mean, like Mason Toy had to play, like had to start, you know, and he wasn't supposed to be our starter last year, you know. Like this team knows the injuries happen, so like I'm not, I'm not into, I'm like I assume that, you know, one of our strikers will probably miss some time with injury. I don't disagree that it's good to have a couple of guys that you can come on on your roster. I don't know if it's the best use of resources to go and have two big money guys at the same position and only be in a situation where you can play one at a time, right? Like the MLS is a league where you can have three DPs and a certain number of TAM players, depending on how you structure your roster. You want your best guys on the field in as many games together as they possibly can be. And having your two highest valued players play the same position and either have to rework your roster and rework your formation around that or leave one of them on the bench. I just, that just doesn't seem like proper roster construction for me. It seems like a really good problem to have if you're a team like say Chelsea, right? Like that sounds like something Chelsea would do, like just spend huge money on, you you know, and of, of course, huge money for them is, something different for us, but like, that's what a giant would do. A giant club would spend big money, have their two highest valued players play the same position and switch between them and leave the other one on the bench. That's not what an MLS club would do, especially not an MLS club like Minnesota United. I I mean, I'm also worried that we're putting so much money and investment and DPs at the, like in the front half like, I get it. We need to play attacking football. But if we got like a DP defender or something, or like a defensive I, mid or something. 
I don't know about that. I mean, like Ike Opara is not a DP, but he's really good, really good center back. I think I think center backs are easy to find in MLS to find value without having to pay the big bucks. I don't. Are there any DP center backs, Sam? I don't even know. I, I'd I'd probably say no. I, yeah, I don't know. I know there's DP, you know, central midfielders. Yeah, but I think back half is usually, you know, and think about our team, right? Like, you know, Roman Metinier is fantastic, but he's not a DP. I think that you can find quality players in the back end. I think I think that most MLS teams probably have all their DPs in the front half, right? Like, because score goals, right? <laughs> and you'll find value elsewhere. Because there's a lot of good defenders in the MLS that, you know, aren't going anywhere. Like Ikopara, he's really good. And he's just been an MLS guy his whole career. Never gone to Europe or anything like that. There's like Aaron Long who plays for New York Red Bulls. Super good. I think he may, they, they've talked a couple times about him doing like a loan spell in Europe, but like he's, he plays for the national team. He'll, he's never gone to Europe. He's not a DP either. I think that's kind of just the MLS way is to put all the money in the front to try to, to try to create attack. Unless you're, you're paying for a 19 year old that doesn't, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> Shout out Thomas Chacon. Well guys. So Ramon Abila, it'll be interesting to see what happens. At least we have news. At least we have something we're following up on. I'm very interested to see what happens. I'm also very interested still to see how we're going to address that left wing. Now, one person who will not be on Minnesota United on Minnesota United's roster for this upcoming 2021 season is Sam Gleedle. He had not yet made an appearance for Minnesota United. Hey, man. Wish you the best of luck. He, of course, came over uh, shortly after Reno, shoot, not Reno 911, uh, <laughs> whatever. It was like Reno 18 something. I, James, are you familiar with that show? You ever watch Reno 911? Oh, boy. I've heard of it. Oh, so, classic, Sam. Yeah, wh- whatever that team was called, they folded, and that that was how we got Sam Gleedle. That was how we got uh, Foster Langsdorff. There's another one in there too, but Kevin Kevin Partita. Uh, Kevin Partita. He didn't, he didn't last very long. He didn't last very long either. So Sam Gleedle, best of luck. Perhaps going back down to the USL. I don't know, but best of luck, man. It was fun listening to him. He actually he came on the Dummy Run podcast. So I got to listen to him and, and Grant talk a little bit. Seemed like a good guy. Yeah, you're uh, you're pretty right about there not being many DPs. Uh, in the back half, there's like one wing back and one defensive midfielder, and they both play for like Canadian teams. I think like like one of the easiest the easiest things that Americans can produce in soccer are big center backs. Like like for real, I think that like there's just a ton of like slow six two guys in our country that can play <laughs> center back. <pretty> well. <laughs> How tall are you, Justin? Uh, six three. Okay. I missed my calling. I, I I was a little too big, a little too big. Were you, were you too fast or just too slow? Like too too slow. I mean, I was pretty quick, but I'm not. I wasn't that quick. Yeah. I ran a four. I ran a four nine forty when I was in high school. I don't know if that if you, either of you think that that's good, but I think it's good. A four nine. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not bad. From what I, I mean, understand of watching the combine. I mean, it's not like a four four. But but a but a 240 pound guy running a four four nine is not very fast. That's like 
I don't want to be a little faster than that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I mean, I like this. I like this roster so far. I mean, obviously, we're lacking a forward as much as we joke, and I joke about putting our faith in Foster Langsdorf. Um, we do need like an actual striker. But that midfield just, that midfield's solid. Aussie, Hassani, Ethan Finley, Jan Gregush, Robin Lodd, Reynoso, Will Trapp, Thomas Chacon. Can Hassani Dotson play on the wing? Well, let's get to Hassani Dotson because I don't know what he can't do. I, I haven't seen him play much on the wing, but Hassani Dotson called up to the U.S. men's national team U23 squad for the Olympic qualifiers, which is really more of a U24 squad this year. But, you know, that that's because of the COVID. So first he gets the start in the 1-0 win against Costa Rica last week, Thursday. Either of you guys watch this game? I watched the highlights and our boy Hassani was all up in those highlights. And that was awesome to see. He was, and he was looking dangerous in the attack. He was involved in the 35th minute goal by Jesus Ferreira. Hassani was making a run on a cross, and he brought a defender with him. And sure, he didn't connect on that cross, but by occupying that defender, he cleared the way for Ferreira to get it done. So that was awesome. Later in the second round, Hassani Dotson again made the highlight reel by an almost connection with Ferreira again. Now, Costa Rican goalkeeper Kevin Chamorro was able to make that save, but still, he was making himself known. It was a very interesting match against Costa Rica. Uh, Costa Rica, a very talented squad. Definitely depleted by not having all of their players released by their clubs uh, for international duty in that game, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Costa Rica is is a very quality team, and... They definitely, if you were watching the game, they definitely focused a lot on the central midfield and especially on man marking our, our good friend Jackson Yule, Minnesota native Jackson Yule. They man marked him the entire game and really focused on that midfield. So for Hassani to still kind of get out and contribute in the attack the way that he did, I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't really have too much to add to this. Um, you pretty much said it all. I would like to say it's the second half, not the second round. It's okay, Sam. You did great. I'm proud of you, Sam. You made it through. Thanks. Ferreira's tough to say. Thanks. <laughs> Should we talk about the other game, though? Yeah. Arguably. Ooh, buddy. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Asani's man of the match performance in the 4-0 win against Dominican Republic. Not bad for 30 minutes, man. Not bad for 30 minutes, man. Get them 30-minute man of the match performances in there. Subbed in the 61st minute. Makes it 2-0 in the 73rd minute. 3-0 in the 78th minute. A brace within five minutes. And uh, got a glowing report from uh, from the U.S. coach there, Jason Kreese, who said, for me, Hassani is a player that's coming into his own. He showed us in January how hungry he was and how capable of so many different things as a central midfield player. He showed up to this camp probably fitter than anyone else. He's worked extremely hard. He's had assists and goals in almost every single training session. 
So it's really nice to see a player who is coming. I think in a really good moment and is hungry to help lead this team and push this team forward. Couldn't be more pleased for the kid. Wow. How do you feel about how do you feel about your son, Sam? This is a <laughs> proud papa moment for you hearing those words. Very, very much. So I I I got a question, right? Are we all the buying Hassani Dotson jerseys? Probably. I mean, I'm gonna yeah, buy yeah. I'm buying one. It's happening. Yeah. And if, if Justin <laughs> buys one, I'm gonna buy one, but <laughs> I might have to get the new blue one. That's what I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna get a blue uh blue Hassani Dotson jersey. I think well, it's happening. I'm for sure getting blue now that the white one is sold out as we talk oh, about. Oh no, you didn't you wait, did you miss out on the deal, Sam? I thought I told you guys that. Oh, yeah, like no. that was my whole strategy is that I was waiting oh. until the new one came out to buy the old one. And then I was gonna get the old one. Got it. Did you end now up I getting pay full price? What? Did you end up getting another jacket? I no, I haven't gone back to get the jacket yet, but I will, James. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, it, looks, it looks sharp on you, buddy. Are you oh, wearing it right now? I, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These model, these jackets. Um, you better, you better go to Alliance Field before, before I get, before I make my next trip and get James one to send it over to the Netherlands. It's got little spots for your thumbs. Like oh, this man. was, they were selling this for over a hundred dollars like a year or two ago. It's got the wing on the back. Man. Sam is very proud of his jacket. Those of you that you cannot see him right now, but he is very proud of this jacket that he got on sale. But he did not get the white jersey on sale. I did not get the white jersey on sale. Definitely Allianz Field and not Allianz Arena, which is... uh... (laughs) Yeah, you you might get some different kind of gear if you go there. Yeah. Okay, that's a reference to I host trivia and... I did best or I took a website that ranked like the biggest St. Patrick's day celebrations in the world. And it, it, there were some faults in their list. Uh, I think it was like four doors or something like that. Like it was a, it was like a legit travel company, but there, there were some debates that you could have like Boston being left off the list or whatever. But one of the places on there was Munich. So I just showed a picture of uh, Allianz arena in Munich lit up in green. And James looked at it and he's like, ah, cranky, that that must be St. Paul, Minnesota. (laughs) And here's the lesson, kids. Don't do a quiz in the two minutes on a work break that you have and make sure you properly look at pictures. But yeah, that was a bit awkward. I was like, of course, the, the European would get that wrong. Okay. Yeah, standard. However, next game for Hassani and the US under 23 slash fours is March 24th, Wednesday uh, versus Mexico. Yeah. It it might not matter. It really, it would just matter for who gets the one seed and who gets the two seed going into the semifinals because both the USA and Mexico are the two teams from the group that move on. So. Yeah. Could you explain this to me? Like, the, why is the big one the semifinal? How do these qualifiers even work? So CONCACAF gets CONCACAF gets two spots in the Olympics. Right. So there was uh, there were some earlier rounds. The USA and Mexico, th- those teams didn't have to participate in the earlier rounds. But Makes sense. Uh, basically, the final eight teams were the yeah. two groups. So... USA and Mexico were placed into the same group. 
Makes sense, right? The two highest-ranked teams, the teams that CONCACAF probably hopes advance to the Olympics, they were placed in the same group. So as long as they finish 1-2 in their group, then there is the possibility that both of them, right, because they're going to go into semifinals where they play other teams. So, you know, the USA and Mexico aren't going to block each other from qualification. So CONCACAF is just saying, if you... Make if you win your semifinal, you make the Olympics, and then they're still going to have the final to decide a champion for this qualification. But okay. it's the two, it's the two finalists, the two semifinal winners that qualify for the Olympics. So that that's why I say the the fun, the big one, the big one is really it's the semifinal. That's the big game that we're all going to want to watch. That is Sunday, March twenty eighth. So coming up quick. I am guessing it's going to be either against Canada or Honduras, depending on who the one and two seeds are on both sides of this, of this, uh, with both of these groups. So we'll see, man. Oh, okay. Hey guys, guys. Ooh, I'm looking at Twitter right now and we have an update on the Ramon Abila situation from 20 minutes ago. Oh, hot damn. What do you got? Oh, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. Update, Boca Juniors have submitted a counteroffer to MNUFC for forward Ramona Billa per CL Merlo and via, is this Boca Juniors in English? Yeah, uh, it's Boca like, Juniors in English, yeah, yeah. If loons meet Boca's asking price, Abila will go on loan through the two, 2021 season with the option for permanent transfer. So they're going to, it's okay. So it might be happening, guys. Might be happening. Andy Greeter. Andy Greeter. Source. Yeah, Andy Greeter's legit. Yeah, he's legit. He's got, t- he's got a tick mark from Twitter. Well, <laughs> he actually is legit. He's one of the top loons reporters in the city. There we go. Cool. All right. Nice. You heard it here first? All right. I'm interested to know what that deal is, though. Now. <laughs> it's probably, like, insulting to our board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 25 million? Yeah. Yeah, you give us you give us Reynoso back, and <laughs> <laughs> you give we'll us take Reynoso Foster Langsdorf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, assuming qualification, though, assuming uh, does Sasani go to Tokyo to play in front of zero foreign fans? By the way, oh come on, come on. Come on, you did you read those words? The coach loves him. He's yeah, the, he's mean, the he's the Swiss Army knife for this team, like he is for us. They there's no way he's not making this club. Come on, he's the American flick knife of the midfield. So obviously cheering for him, even though it'll suck to have him missing for a little bit of time over the summer. Guys, I'll I'll be honest. I wasn't even going to watch. Uh, the Dominican Republic game until Nate texted me, right? Like Nate texted me after the, because I saw Hassani wasn't going to start. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I must be resting in this game. I was literally only interested because Hassani Dotson was playing. Well, Nate texted me. He's like, Hassani Dotson just scored. And then before I can load it up on my TV to tune in, he scores a second one. I'm like, man, Hassani. <laughs> And then Sesame Street, I, I, killing you. No, it wasn't. 
that was the same day as like I was watching the Badgers lose in the NCAA tournament and I there the FA Cup was on. So I had watched a lot of sports already. And like, I, honestly, James, you watch every every Olympic qualifier, men's Olympic qualifier, right? Like the men's Olympics isn't as fun, but it is when you got Asani in it. Bangers. Bangers only. Well, that's the thing. These were two relatively normal goals. We'll still take. But back to your question. Does Hassani go to Tokyo? Justin says, yeah, for sure he does. How can you leave him off? I I do think it could be a little bit tough. So let's just talk about the roster rules. It is a U23 roster, uh, which we've said is actually a U24 this year because of COVID. Just things being delayed a year. But you also get three older players. Now, that doesn't matter too much for the USA because like all of our big players are under 23 anyway, right? The the Pulisic's, the McKinney's, the Dests, uh, Reyna, Adams, like they're all under 23 anyway. Time to uh, trot out Landon Donovan and see if he can still <laughs> Put Tim Howard in goal, you cowards. <laughs> but what is different about the Olympics and so if, if you have been watching these games, these qualifiers, they've all been MLS players. And that is because since the Olympics are not a FIFA sanctioned tournament, clubs are not under any obligation to actually release their, their players to go play for the Olympic squads. So all of these in-season European clubs, they didn't have to release their players. The same thing is true for the Mexican and Costa Rican clubs who are on the same calendar as Europe. They didn't release their players. So like Costa Rica had none of their players or they had a few of them, but most of their players playing wouldn't have actually been there if their clubs actually released them. Now, you can say the same thing about us, right? Like we weren't trotting out Pulisic, but I'm just saying this summer, those European clubs won't be in season. Sam, Sam. Come on. You know that Chelsea ain't going to let Christian Pulisic play in in the Olympics, man. He could get injured. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, like I mean, they, they already don't like... I mean, obviously, like, soccer is different, right? Like, club club and country are very much important in soccer. Like, I, I love... I watch uh, the NHL. And like they like I love hockey and they don't let their players do any sort of international competitions now because all those dudes would go get hurt playing in these meaningless, meaningless. I know the Olympics are great. I love the Olympics. It's super fun. It was fun watching the USA, you know, like be competitive in the Olympics for hockey. But they're they're getting guys hurt in these Olympic games that don't matter at all. And they're losing money. Right. So I don't know. I Maybe the Olympics are, but this isn't the World Cup. I feel like the World Cup is where teams care, right? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe James can James can speak more to this, but I feel like the Olympics don't matter. They don't they don't matter to 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 these big like like in England. Are they caring about winning the Olympics for soccer? No, that's what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. So I, I don't think any of I don't think any of those guys are going to play. But but you forget like. You know, the US, you only have one tournament every four years. As the Euros, you have a tournament every two years because you've got the Euro tournament, then the World Cup. So you're actually playing a major tournament every two years. So that's kind of where your focus is rather than the Olympics. 
but also like these guys, like this team is not, does not need to have chemistry with Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney. Like those, those guys, like, I don't know if it would be beneficial to, for them to like, you know, retrain with a group of guys that are all, you know, like, I mean, like we love Hassani, but Hassani is definitely one of the better guys on this team. Maybe him and Jackson Ewell, right? Those are probably like the two, two of the best guys in this group. Maybe I'm not giving this team enough credit, but it feels like it's, it's very much a younger group of guys, right? Like up and coming people, like people that might factor into Team USA plans, you know, like in two to three years. But I think that all those, the names that you talked about, those guys that are that are playing in Europe already, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if it's worth it. I think I think that you, you allowed the guys like Hassani Dotson to flourish in this situation rather than you know, risking injury on some bigger name, more high high profile players that we need to keep healthy for qualifications for World Cup because that's our goal, right? Like, as we want to make sure that that Pulisic helps us go to the World Cup, the Olympics don't have anything to do with that, right? Like, I don't think so. No, no, and I mean World Cups next year. Now, I I hear what you're saying, and in many ways I agree with it, and in many ways I'm like, yeah, Justin, you could be totally right. I want to give up. I I want to just point out one precedent that was made, and that was five years ago. A 24 year old named Neymar uh, was picked by his by his country to represent in the Olympics, and they won that year. They won the gold uh, for Brazil. Granted, they were hosting. They were hosting in front of their home fans, and maybe they wanted to trot out their star. um, So they did. Uh, You know. You know what they effing did, right? They won the gold, but. Right. Maybe. And isn't like Mo, Mo Salah might play? I thought I heard somewhere that he might play for Egypt. He might. I, I don't know. So, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I know, James. <laughs> now, I could see, given how young the United States is, and the United States has some aspirations to saying, hey, this could be a golden age. Let's see what we got. Maybe let's take a run at this. I don't think anyone's thinking in the next World Cup. Was it 2022? I don't think anyone is necessarily thinking the United States is going to, you know, be serious contenders in 2022. But people are talking about 2026. People are talking about this golden age of U.S. men's soccer might finally be true contenders on the world stage. And you know, these names I just listed off, maybe they want to try them out in a bigger, sure, not the biggest, but a bigger, certainly bigger than the Gold Cup, a bigger tournament. I don't know. I don't know. We could see it. It's not as simple as just saying, yeah, Hassani, two bangers, you're in, man. I mean, yeah. And I mean, I think kind of that's where Europe, gets that advantage like i mentioned like you have like the euros which is a big tournament but it's still not as big as the world cup like you you have a chance to kind of throw yourself into the euros and kind of blood some players before you get to like the serious business of the world cup whereas if you're not a eu country like a european country you have to find other ways to do that so i think that's also a fair point well, the, the year we were in the Copa America, that was great. That was fun. Being able to play against Brazil and Argentina and Chile and all those. That was fun. We should do that more often. 
Yeah, like a good big tournaments are always going to be good for players. Like it's always good getting that experience, and it's really unbelievable. The World Cup is next year. Like that's crazy. Like it's already oh, that, around again. Well, and yeah, who who knows with that one? Who knows? <laughs> Let's not even get into that. Let's talk about Callum Montgomery. How did Callum Montgomery do for Canada? Well, uh, well, he started. <laughs> yeah. So, subbed off with an injury though, and forty uh, sixth minute. I watched. I watched the highlights, and uh, other than so, like it's Tejan Buchanan for for New England Revolution. I, I put this on our notes. Uh, he had some some two fun goals. James, did you watch those? Yeah, I before you got on, I were uh, I watched them, and Sam was like looking at my reaction. Man, they were great. Like that first, that one, first one, nutmegged him. Just nutmeg the goalie. I thought the second one was more impressive. Falling like, down yeah. and, and complaining to the ref and then getting up and, then, and banging it. <laughs> like two steps from outside the box, top bins, just. That was a goal. Yeah, he's like, that. he's on the ground, like, like looking up at the ref, doing the hands, like, what? You didn't call that? And then just gets up, sees the ball, and just hammers it in the back of the net. So good. So that's like the that first. That was legit. That was, those were legit. Uh, but the rest of the highlights, our boy Callum is mostly uh, letting letting de- letting offensive guys go past him and potentially score a couple times. So I don't know. I I mean, maybe I just saw the bad highlights for for Callum. But most of most of El Sal- El Salvador uh, most of El Salvador's chances were at the expense of our boy Callum. So. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't anything super great, but good for him to to get, you know, get the nine in the start. Back to Tejan Buchanan, though. Fun fact about him: so he's another another Canadian dude that's starting to to make some noise, um, and it, he's starting to get some some European looks. Uh, something interesting about him is he is a super draft pick. So he was picked ninth in the 2019 super draft, uh, the same year as Callum Montgomery was picked fourth. And Dane St. Clair was pick seventh. So, you know, Canada, man, they got some players figuring it out, I guess. The golden age of Canadian football. This is like that year they gave us like Nickelback and Avril Lavigne and Simple Plan <laughs> all at the same time. And Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Alfonso Davies is legit, though. Like he is. Oh, yeah. Oof, he's so good. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Davies and, and segueing into DSC. Um, not on the Olympic squad, but probably because Canada is prioritizing from the World Cup qualifiers, as we mentioned, is next year. Those qualifiers start later this month. So, uh, also, Alfonso Davies is also not playing in the Olympic qualifiers. So, I think Canada are looking a little bit more long term. Absolutely. And, like and I said, of course, Olympics. Alfonso Davies would be, you know, he, he's a European based player. So, they're, they're yeah, there's in another, season, there's, as we talked. There's another really good Canadian, uh, Jonathan David, that plays for, is it Lil? I don't know. I never know how to pronounce it. Yeah, Lil. So he's tearing it up for them. I mean, they just they got a bunch of dudes that are coming up. You know, he's another, another 21-year-old kid. Oh, he was born in New York, New, Brooklyn, New York, when he decided to play for Canada. Darn. Well, I mean, you got that one guy who decided to play for you over like three other countries, including England, right? So you you win some, you lose some. That's true. That's true. 
We've been getting a Canada, lot of those lately. I don't, Canada I don't get it, might but. be an easier path, though, than the United States, though. Like, that might be, you know, like, but they got some steam. They're figuring it out. Well, speaking of uh, steam, should we uh, steam right into our preseason Oh, schedule? I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Um, a preseason that none of us will be able to watch. Yep. The best kind. <laughs> I, I, I don't get how hard it is to just set up a tripod and just point it at a field, but it has something mean, to do with broadcast rights. And I'm like, I don't understand why you can't just figure out a way to make it work. But I don't know. Every season it's like this. You can't watch the preseason games. You mean to tell me that even with all your fancy cable networks and cable subscriptions, you still can't watch it, Sam? I don't have cable. Justin has cable. And no, even Justin's fancy cable doesn't let him watch the Minnesota United preseason. Sadly, no. Can't believe you're not in more of a hizzy about this, uh, Justin. Oh, Sam, I heard something that might help you. I don't know if it will, actually. But, oh, never mind. It doesn't matter to you because you don't like, you're not trying to watch the Twins. Have you heard about this, like, VPN thing? Oh, hold on. I like the Twins. So there's there's this thing called a VPN. That you can like, yeah. It mass it masks your IP address, so you can be somewhere else. Oh, so Justin. all all my friends that that don't that don't want to pay for cable to watch Twins games are buying MLB TV subscriptions. It's like sixty bucks for the whole season, and then they're doing this VPN and just saying they live somewhere else, so you can like change your IP address to a different state. Yeah, and then and then you just out of market. You get all the Twins games as an out of market game. So, Justin, I heard about this. Someone was telling me this on this thing. Oh, shoot, shoot. It's this new thing where um, if someone calls me and I'm not there, uh, they just wait for this ring, uh, this this little ringtone, and then they record a message, and then I can hear it later. Have you heard of that? What? It's called voicemail. It's called voicemail. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Someone gave you a voicemail about VPN? No, I'm saying VPN is old news, man. You're just hearing about this? Well, shoot, I'm sorry, but that's cool. Well, you should be less of a hizzy, man. How do you think, like, people watch Netflix in other countries and stuff? Listen, I'm just a good good boy, James. I don't like breaking the rules and doing bad stuff, okay? I like following the rules and doing things the right way and getting cable, you know? I mean... I mean, they do a lot of advertising, so I would suggest NordVPN, hashtag not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> from what I've heard, I don't use it myself, but yeah, VPN's been around a while. I've, I've thought about it, and I, 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 watch, I watch Fox Sports North through my parents' uh, my parents' cable account because I know that they're not using it, so I might as well use it. And it actually, it gets me Fox Sports Wisconsin, which... The loons are on Fox Sports Wisconsin, so well, that's good. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I mean, like the 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 only reason I would think about getting it is because I signed up to Prime Video, like Amazon Prime Video, a few months ago, and there's so many things that I still have to pay to rent, which I'm sure would just be free on the American version of Prime Video. Well, and you might you might be able to watch Loons games if you get if you get a VPN and just say you live in the states, James. Yeah, probably. I could see if I could uh, record them with like a, 
a, a VHS or something. Like, yeah, that'd be. <laughs> just have you heard Sam's, of that? Just get Sam's parents' login and just just <laughs> just do Fox Sports North with us. You could be a Twins fan, man. Join us. Join us to be a Twins fan. Um, Watch James the is already a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I'm not even okay. joking. He is. That's what he would he say. He did remember there. that. That's impressive. Nice. I mean, I don't really watch much baseball, so, you know, who knows? So- football teams have changed. Baseball teams could change. <laughs> Hold on, Justin. you got to sell me on the tw- – are the Twins any good or are they just classic? Oh, they're fantastic. Minnesota? They're fantastic. They're um, they're up and coming. They're, they've had uh, – they have a really good front office that came in like three or four years ago that has built the team up to be a solid contender – People like Sam will probably tell you that they still can't beat the Yankees in the first round, but I assume that that I, I think that it'll happen soon enough. We'll break our playoff curse that we have that is very much oh, Minnesota esque. There we go, the Minnesota playoff curse. But yeah, okay. but they are ascending. I think that they're they're in a good position to to contend again this year. So, and they hit a lot of home runs, which is like the cool part about baseball. So, isn't that how you win baseball? Yeah. That's like the that's like the new wave of baseball is just hit the crap out of the ball like so and our guys do that very well. Cool kids call that bombas. Yeah. Bombas. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Justin, I don't trash on the Twins. I like the Twins. I had you might not know this about me, Justin. I had a Twins pennant hanging up in my bedroom growing up. Oh, nice. Yep. Good to know. I I like the Brewers too, but. Now that I live here, it's hard to watch the Brewers. So I watch the Twins. Who are the Brewers? The Milwaukee Brewers. That's uh, uh okay, right. Yeah, that was my home team for gotcha. most of my life until I moved here. Still, Fair still enough. like the Brewers, but I like the Twins too. So preseason games that <laughs> we won't get to watch. We don't get to watch them. March 27th, Charleston Battery. March 31st, Columbus Crew. April 3rd, FC Cincinnati. April 9th, Orlando City. We can't watch any of these, and they're all in Orlando. I don't know. Like, I, whatever. I don't even care. If they're not going to show them on TV, I don't know what we can really take away from this. So let's talk about the season opener. We got April 16th at Seattle, and then we return to Allianz Field on April 24th against Real Salt Lake. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I'm keen. Can't wait. Can't wait. Leading up to Seattle, we'll bring our good buddy Cameron of Gorilla FC. Cameron will come back on the pod either before or after. We'll figure that out. But we'll get we'll get some good Seattle insight on that game as well. Which will then pass on to Heath to uh, into the strategy meetings, so we can help. Uh, we can help beat him. There we go. Right. Just just a little bit of it wouldn't be a pot on your loons podcast without a little bit of the CF. It's not a big CF though. It's just a little bit of a CF. <laughs> just, just a little CF. Um, mainly around the fact that Canada still won't let you all in. Why would they? Which, which is a good, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a reasonable decision. But uh, yeah, all their teams coming down south to the good old USA to play. Uh, Montreal is going to be playing in Miami. That's going to be a weather shock. Oof. I can tell you, hot, Jesus, real hot. Going from like frozen to real hot. Toronto is in Orlando, so same thing, real hot. 
and uh, Vancouver is going to play in uh, Salt Lake City. But one that's probably a little bit more exciting for you guys. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, pronounce our governor's name, James. I want to hear you try to say what his name is. Governor Walls. Oh, he did it. He got it. We, I guess we've said it enough times around you. Announced the Wonder Wall is going to be back. Mm. And the loons confirmed. So we don't know exactly how many numbers there'll be, 25%, 50%, 75%. They haven't worked it out yet. Um, or how to even get tickets for those that live close enough to get a ticket. Yeah, season ticket holders are going to be prioritized. People who purchase single ticket games to last year's games. Yeah, yeah I don't Logistics. know. Justin, do you still technically have a ticket for a game last year, or did you never buy one because you were on your honeymoon? I did not buy any tickets last year. Okay. You have a ticket? You still have a ticket, right? I have a ticket. Yeah, two tickets to the season opener last year. And yeah, they're still in my... I forget if it's StubHub or SeatGeek, but it's still in that account. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know what to do that'll with be it. a logistics thing. Yeah, that, that'll be a logistics thing, I'm sure. But um, my question to you guys, because I can't... <laughs> Are you guys going to go to a game? Come on. Of course I'm going to go to a game, James, if I can. Yeah. I'm so excited. I mean, but both both of y'all are vaccinated. That's so. true. Yes. You know, I, yeah. I get my second shot tomorrow, so I'm going to be I'm going to be all ready to go by the time the season kicks off. Ooh, make sure you find a place to lay down, all right? <laughs> second <laughs> yeah. one. Second one's a bit uh... It's true. My my wife is not vaccinated yet. You know, and I obviously I, I have a daughter and uh, another one on the way, and I got to think of their safety. But congrats, the thank you. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that I am going to a school full of four hundred kids on a daily basis, and that is far more exposure than going to Allianz Field, where you're forced to stay separated and wear a mask whenever you're around other people. So. I, I don't really have any concern with going to a game, especially now that it seems like the people that are most at risk and are most concerned have now at least been offered the shot. I, I still know at least one or two people that are very concerned and, uh, you know, you could say they are of higher risk that have not been offered the shot. We're to the point where my parents have all gotten it. My grandparents have gotten it. Most teachers at this point have gotten it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, obviously, you know, I have you guys. I also have other friends in Minnesota, and one provides, like, a weekly update to Facebook about how vaccination rates are going. So Minnesota just hit 27%. Doing good. Which is which is impressive. The U.S. is at 25%. U.K. is at 50%. And the Netherlands, 11%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a while, kiddies. For me, hey, let's just everybody just said your AstraZeneca to the Netherlands. They can they can have all of the AstraZeneca AstraZeneca they want. I don't, like. Have you guys stopped using that? Are you like on this bandwagon that like two people die out of eleven million and suddenly everyone? No, the news the news said today that like you know a bunch of a bunch of major news sources came out today saying that like the government's cool with it again. That that was that that was not a. It sounds like it wasn't a connection. It was kind of like just 
a coincidence, coincidence type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. But it still has to get like uh, it has to go through like FDA, whatever, like all our it's got to be get, get the OK from the, the feds and stuff before it can get sent out. But I guess it's ready to go. Um, and Minnesota actually is where a lot of the trials have been happening. Gotcha. So, yeah, European kind of medical board cleared it again. So we should be fine. So, James, would you go to see FC Utrecht? If they allow uh, a certain capacity back in their stadium? Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to games bef- when I could go to games. But yeah, I probably would just to be go out again. You know, like, I mean, I'm quite lucky, I think, this year that we might get to go to the Euros. Ooh. Depending. Um, like physically? Like, you will physically be there? Yeah, like, potentially. Wow. You um, tell. I mean, if we all get vaccinated and they kind of deem that it's safe enough to have people at Euros, then I would love to go. But that's a couple of big ifs. And I'm not even sure what they're still doing because the plan was obviously to go through like 11 countries or something this year or last year for the Euros. So I don't know if they're going to cut it down because of COVID or what the what the plan is. So... If I could go, I definitely would. You know what you should do, James? Because you work from home anyway. Does Carmen Carmen work from home? Uh, uh, no, not as much. Okay. Well, so then maybe she's out. But you come come on over to the U.S. You can, <laughs> you can stay a couple weeks. Pick pick like when Minnesota United is playing away in like Texas or Florida or you know, some of those states where you know that we're going to be allowed to go to the games. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just fly in. We'll go, right? It'll be a good time. Fly on back. It'll be good times. We could go watch, like, into Miami or something. We could watch a few MLS games. There's How many clubs are in Florida? Three? Two? Orlando, Three. Miami. It's just two. Just two? Yeah. Two's good enough. All right, guys, this is well, this was going to be like our shortest episode. So <laughs> I opened you can, up. You could edit this up, Sam. <laughs> I opened up the mailbag and we got it. <laughs> we got a nice. It was a short episode. episode. I, I'm not good at I'm not good at Twitter. You know, like Grant is really good at Twitter and he gets into these just engaging conversations with people. And I, I run the putt on you loons account. And I just more or less post when we have a new episode and uh, you know, every once in a while engage in some banter uh, with some of our friends. But I, I will say though, on that point that we specifically asked Grant to go and support Atlanta this year to get information on the enemy. And he refused. Yeah. F that guy. I wanted to hear Atlanta news and now I've got to sit with like into Miami or something. That's right. You know? Yeah. And again, so Grant, Grant is better at engaging Twitter, significantly better at engaging Twitter followers than we are. I wish if we were equally as engaging as Grant, we should have organized an effort to get his Twitter followers to all suggest like, what's just the worst team in the MLS? Like just put them through a snooze fest. <laughs> like what? Atlanta. 
No, Atlanta's good. Like what's like this year's like what Cincinnati was or like what we were like four years ago. Like that's who we, we think that's who we do we think Austin's gonna be any good? I, I mean, I, they're going to be better than what Cincinnati was a couple of years ago. And they're going to be better than what we were like four years ago. Anyway, we should have just all collectively decided who is the worst team in the league. I, probably Vancouver, right? Probably Vancouver. And we should have just all had people vote for Grant to follow Vancouver. Why didn't we think of that? Anyway, mailbag from Blue Green Loon. Here's what they say. Guess is where former Loon legend Miguel Ibarra lands. Does he sign with San Diego Loyal and tear it up in the USL? Or does another MLS team sign him? Now, I did some research into this. James, Justin, you got anything? Or you want me to take this one? So I, I, I guess I, I just I just quick quick looked at some stuff about this. And Miguel's getting a little older. I mean, he's he's 31 years old. He had a reserve role last year. Uh, for Seattle and I don't know I mean I guess if I'm sure that the, an opportunity is out there for him to be a bench piece somewhere else but who knows maybe he'll want to maybe you know that that probably would be fun for him to get a chance to be a bigger piece a p- bigger part of a team and the only way that that's probably going to happen at this point in his career is to go down a level so yeah. I think I, I would say that'd be more likely than you know to go to USL I guess it depends on what he wants <laughs> Justin, you can't say 31 is old when the target we've spent half the pod talking about is also 31. Yeah, but he's 31 that contributed and was successful at a a higher level than ours, right? We're talking about a guy who is a bench player for an MLS team at 31. Like, he's, he's he's much closer to the end of the road than our guy is that we're targeting. Ramon. Right. Yeah. I looked. I looked up Miguel Ibarra's uh, value, and I'm guessing that 550k is just like the standard. This guy's a backup amount because that's how much he's worth. Is uh, according to transfer market is 550k. So I'd say backup. He'll be, he could be. He could be a backup in the MLS, or he can go start in the USL. It's up to him. I mean, if I was at the end of my. Uh playing career i'd probably want to go tear it up somewhere (laughs) finish up looking good or do you want to collect the money while you can now last season miguel was signed by seattle and this was seen as kind of like a veteran depth move because they they were going to have a congested schedule they were in the Concacaf champions league they're planning on us open cup games that never happened and actually their Concacaf champions league that that kind of ran out even before COVID got going, but he had some playing time early on. Uh, but then as Paulo became integrated into their central midfield, Christian Rodan was moved to the outside and kind of more or less relegated Miguel Ibarra to the bench. And then honestly, he wasn't even on the bench by the end of the season, right? Like he wasn't on the bench in the game against us, uh, the Western conference final. So, I don't know, like a tweet by Pulse of Sports, and I, d- I don't know much about Pulse of Sports. It it looked it looked like a well done website um, trying to bring uh, bilingual sports news, Spanish and English sports news to the world. Uh, but they tweeted out suggesting that Miguel Ibarra was invited to train with San Diego Loyal, you know, coached by Landon Donovan. Uh, they they were suggesting that Miguel Ibarra was invited to train in San Diego 
by Landon Don- Donovan while Miguel evaluates his MLS options. All right. I I mean, Miguel Albara and Landon Donovan would have been in at least one U.S. men's national team camp together. I don't know how tight they are. I I feel like I feel like San Diego wouldn't have just done that purely because they wanted to give Miguel Ibarra uh, just a spot to train. But maybe, maybe um, I I kind of see it as Miguel Ibarra still has his sights on the MLS and still thinks he's going to be in the MLS. But there is a little sliver of hope that San Diego may be able to court him to come on their way if he does not receive the offer he's looking for. So if you want my answer, I think he's going to stay in the MLS. And and maybe it's a maybe it's a, a midseason move. You know, it's 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 something that like he waits for the right opportunity for an injury to happen for like a competitive club to find a spot on a team. I would like for him to some point. I don't know. I I I think he's a, a big enough fan favorite. That'd be really cool if he came back and was like a sideline analyst for the the loons. I don't know if that's a part of his you know his trajectory in life. You know. But I think that he's a big enough fan favorite. I think that the fans would love it if he did something like that. Yeah, but, that, that would be cool. I I, rem- I feel like he was always kind of a quieter guy. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of like his interviews and stuff. But yeah, I, I definitely would like to see him in the fold, whether it's just making appearances or actually being part of the, the analysis. But we'll see, man. Either way. I, I'm cheering for Miguel Abar wherever he ends up. Sweet. Thank you, Blue Green Loon. Appreciate the question. Appreciate you giving us giving us the interaction on Twitter. Um, and really, all you guys listening out there, thank you for listening. You know, give us the subscribe, the rate, the review. Helps us out a lot uh, as people are looking for a good Loon's podcast or even you know, a mediocre one like ours, uh, <laughs> you, you know, we want people to be able to find pod on you loons as they look for us on Apple. So subscribe, rate and review. That really goes a long way uh, towards people finding us. Also, if you have more questions, the mailbag is always open through any of the avenues that you can find us. The mailbag's always going to be open because I'm not very good at operating Twitter. I got, I got a mailbag question. Should Sam name his son Hassani if he has a son? <laughs> I think it's a banging name. I think it'd be a great a name, for... name. So, guys, that's all we have for today. Believe it or not, these were the shortest show notes we've ever gone into an episode with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, hey, you know, Real soccer is getting going soon, so you might be hearing from us a little bit more frequently. We'll see. But guys, until next time, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace.